This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 137. We wanted to build an empire with the core competency of helping customers and identifying opportunity in the market. So that's really what we've strived for from the beginning. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with my co-host, Mr. Brandon Turner. What's up, Brandon? Hey, not a whole lot. What's up with you? Oh, man. It's been a fun week. I've, I hear I've, you've got some drama. You know, dealing with insurance is never fun. Let's just put it that way. I've got, you know, I've got some headaches. I bought a new house with uh, with a few problems. Let's yeah. just let's let's just put it that way. You know, things that probably should have been disclosed that weren't. Uh, you know, some kinds of leaks and things like that that are damaging new wood floors. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's stuff that. You know, makes you want to smile about humanity and really feel good <laughs> about how people, you know, treat other people. So yeah, yeah, yeah me, I love that. Let me ask you a piece of advice because you just bought a house and I'm in the process of buying a new house for my wife sure, and I. So sure. here's my question. I'm buying it from a guy that I know and I know very, very well. You yes. know, like we've, I got a church together for years. I've hung out with him. He actually built like all the trim in my current house because he's like a trim carpenter guy. Anyway, very good friend of mine. I'm buying his house. The inspection report came back yesterday. And there's like overall, it's a newer house. It's a beautiful, awesome, huge house, and uh, I love it. But there's some things that are wrong with it. Like, uh, I mean, a lot of the window trim has like, like outside window trim has got like rot in it and stuff like that. This is the guy who's done trim on your other properties. Well, he did the inside trim. He he cuts molding, so like he has okay. a big machine. So okay. the outside of his current house, which he actually didn't, you know, it was a it was a built house that they bought. Do I bug him? They're already not making money on the house. I'm buying it for what they owe on it. Yeah. Do I make a big deal out of that? I mean, there's several thousand dollars worth of damage that I need to get fixed. Do I make a big deal or do I let it go? Uh, you know, I business <laughs> is business and friendship is friendship. You're paying, you know, you're paying probably retail yeah. for the property. You should ask him to get it fixed. You should you should definitely negotiate to get it done. Okay. I think I probably now, will. No, you may not be able to talk to him at church afterwards. <laughs> Keep that in mind. That's the, that's the fear. I don't want to like be like, I'm, I'm leaving, like, I'm... Uh, you know, I'll be mad if you don't do it or I'll back out. But I kind of do like, yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's, it's not an insignificant amount of money. Yeah. I mean, it's, so, it's you know, this is, this is I a, will have to fix myself right. if not. So this is a business transaction. So yeah. you need to treat it as a business transaction. That's why you don't do business with friends. That is that's why. why you don't yep. buy houses from friends. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, that's, yep. you know, if the friendship's important to you, suck it up and eat up the thousands of dollars that you're going to eat up. If you're making a business transaction, then make the same business transaction that you would make if you were not friends with this guy. Yeah. You know what? A good solution might be is to to trade him. He supplies the wood. I'll put it to, put it on, you know, because so, he does that for a living anyway. So who knows? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'll throw that out there. If other people have suggestions, they can uh, put them in the show notes. Leave a comment in the show notes. Biggerpockets.com slash show 137. Let me know what you do. And with that, let's awesome. get to the show. Actually, uh, yeah, let's let me do today's it. quick tip. Quick tip. 
Uh, today's quick tip is, because we mentioned it in the show, uh, we already recorded this about an hour ago, so uh, we mentioned during the show with our guest the idea of uh, the webinar replays. We actually do webinars every week on Bigger Pockets and teach stuff about real estate, and we put all the replays up for pro members to watch. So if you are a pro member, uh, make sure you check those out, biggerpockets.com slash pro replay. And if you're not a pro, still go there and check it out and see what's there, because there's like 30 hours now of video. So check it nice. out. If you're not a pro, go to biggerpockets.com slash pro to learn more about the benefits of going pro. There you go. All right, cool. Remember when you had to pay to get a leads phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. If you're in the landlord game, then you know the importance of solid tenant screening. That's where RentReady steps in. Now, RentReady's got an important new feature, proof of income verification. And get this, with Plaid certified reports, you'll see everything from income summaries to total earnings by month. Say goodbye to those gut check moments and hello to confidence in renting with RentReady. RentReady is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. If you're not a pro, they're offering a six month plan for $1. You can't beat that. I actually don't even know how they make money doing that, but it's above my pay grade, pal. Visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like Bigger Pockets, Investor, like me, to get six months of Rent Ready for $1, which is crazy. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. So today's show, Sam Craven. We had this guy in before, didn't we? Show thirty-three of the Bigger Pockets podcast. Sam, uh, Sam's been busy. Sam's been real busy. And and uh, in in that first show, I mean, that was one of our more popular shows, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, number uh, thirty-three it was great. Yeah, yeah. So he was just talking about how he had pretty much gone from nothing and built up this business pretty quickly. Well, he's continued to do so. Uh, we we. Uh, we talked with him about how he ra- has raised all this money in private bank financing, how he has scaled his business, really dig deep in, into the scaling of a business, which 
I think is really interesting. They've done $15 million in business in the, in the past two and a half years. Uh, we, we talk about some struggles and, and all sorts of other stuff. So definitely tune in. It's fascinating and it's really cool to see an investor who's kind of come out of nowhere really in, in the past few years and built this really great scalable business yeah. that other people can probably emulate. Um, and obviously I'm not saying go and compete against them, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I, you know, it shows you what can be done. You know, yeah, like, he started with a full-time job working just like everybody else. And he bought a bunch of houses and kept improving and improving. And today he's doing this full-time five people on the staff and it's, it's awesome. So that's great. Let's bring him on. Let's do this. All, All right. right. <laughs> All right. He's back. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Sam Craven. What's going on, Sam? Hey guys, not much. Just coming to you live today from Ridgeway, Colorado Library. Nice. nice. Why are you in Ridgeway? You're not from Ridgeway. You don't even invest no. in Ridgeway, right? I, not, I don't invest in Ridgeway yet. Yeah. I'll say I that. Is that why you're there? No, I'm, oh. we're here. My wife and I started a uh, cross country road trip last week on Friday. Did you? Oh. So, yeah. Are you so, copying? You're copying me? Straight up copying you, Brandon. Okay. I saw what you're doing. I said, you know what? That's one smart dude. I'm going to go do exactly what he's doing. <laughs> nice. So where is Ridgeway? I've never heard of this place. You know where Montrose is? No. You know where Grand Junction is? Yep. Okay. It's a little south of Grand Junction. Got it. Got little, it. In the middle of nowhere. hour south of Grand Junction. Middle of nowhere. Right on. Right on. Yeah. Right where we like to be, frankly. <laughs> nice. Ah, and that's awesome. Yeah, it is a pretty part of the country. But, yeah, uh, you're is, right, right on the Utah border. Oh, so that's. Oh, uh, yep. Before we get into this, I do want to know, and what's your plans for your road trip? Where are you guys headed? You said cross country. You're from, started where? Where are you from? We're, yeah, we're in Houston. Okay. So we actually, we loaded up our Land Cruiser, piled in all of our stuff. We came out here. We actually fell in love with this we part. We decided of the not to take the Ferrari. Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, you can't camp out of a Ferrari. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, we really love this part of the world. So we rented a house here for a week, and then the following two weeks, we're going to be camping, uh, actually, Colorado, Utah, what else? North and South Dakota, maybe Wyoming, that kind of stuff. Nice. Well, if you come out to Washington, are you, are you, you can camp in my backyard. Are you car camping like Brandon does? Like, he lays in the back of his Prius and yeah. camps so out. Is it, a is little bit do? like that. So we have, like, the complete opposite of the Prius. So our Prius gets 11 miles per gallon. <laughs> And takes premium fuel. <laughs> <laughs> is that a motorhome? Did you did you get or is no, it just a big it's, vehicle? No, it's it's our Toyota Land Cruiser. Okay. that we have a rooftop tent on and refrigerator and drawers. So we just live out of our car. It's great. Oh wow! Yeah, it's, it's technical term is overlanding. We do it every year. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, you yeah. need to take some pictures and and yeah. share them with us because that sounds awesome. Yeah, we'll put them up on the show notes page. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so you. I mean, are we, so are we here to talk like about? I'm gonna, really, no, you want. watch this transition, you guys. Watch this. Ready? So, I want to talk about how you're able to invest in real estate while still being able to travel the country. I mean, that's kind of a cool topic because wait you know, a second, most people can't do that. They can't just go and pack up and leave for weeks or months. how long you gone for? Three weeks. They can't just leave for three weeks. Well, we got to we got to. We'll, we'll get into we that. Get we'll get that. into that because Sam's been on the show before. You were on show. What was it? Thirty. Uh, what was it? This is show 137. He was 33, so I think. You're on show 33. All right. So you guys who are listening, check it out, biggerpockets.com slash show 33. And it, it was actually a pretty amazing show. Back then, I seem to recall you were working a full-time job or something. You were yep. doing real estate on the side. I, I believe things have changed a lot since then. Is that right? They have changed quite a bit since then. Right. You're exactly Bring right. Bring us up to speed. Okay. So I think... That show was maybe almost two years ago now. 
And we were maybe nine months into our first full calendar year of doing business. And I think we had done 25, 27 deals or so. Since then, honestly, I don't know the exact count. So maybe 115 houses or so we've done since we started our business. Wow. And this year we'll do, we're on track to do 90 houses this year. Nice. Wow. Yeah. And what do you mean by do? What are you, what are you doing with them? Yeah. So, okay, that's a really good question. So thank you. our business model... <laughs> Our business model is basically to, monet- to build leads, create leads, and monetize every lead that comes in. Majority of the time... Go ahead. I was, I was going to ask what, what, what on earth that means. Okay. Well, excellent question, Josh. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, what that means to us is generate leads of motivated sellers and then take them to monetize it the best way that we can, whether that's we're going to hold it and rent it out, whether we're going to hold it, renovate it, and sell it, we're going to wholesale it, whether we do a net listing. I mean, it's really, subject two is another one that we do. I mean, we really take the lead and custom tailor a solution for that particular seller. Um, I, we are a customer service business. People are calling us because they have a problem that they need to solve. And so we do whatever we can, and all of our staff is trained to do everything that they know how to solve their problem the best way possible in a way that's profitable for us and makes the customer happy in the end. That's awesome. So that is awesome. Here's what I love about that, right? So, so I mean, when people are starting out, don't necessarily listen to what I'm about to say because when you're first starting out, you have to focus, obviously, and you don't know everything. But, but I love the fact that you know, when you talk to motivated sellers, not everybody can be fit inside this one box. Like you can't just right. wholesale everything. It doesn't always work. You can't just, you know, some people want to do a lease option. They can't just lease option everything or just flip right. everything or just rent everything. Exactly. And so the fact that you're able to then monetize the majority of your leads or a good number of them, uh, you know, it just it opens up the the possibility for making so much more money and doing so many more deals. Well, and that was a a pretty, you're exactly right. I mean, we spend a lot of money on marketing to generate the kind of leads that we do. And if we're not able to efficiently turn them into profit for us, you know, that's to me, that's not a good business. If we're just doing one thing, if we're only making one offer, we're missing tons of opportunity. You know, part of growing this business is realizing places like that where you can grow and you can find opportunity and you can gain market share. Nice. So. Nice. Well, so let's let's get into this. I mean, previously on the on the last show, your focus was what? It was wholesaling, right? No, actually we were uh, about kind of a similar model except we really only had two methods then. It was just wholesaling and rehabbing. Okay. So and so now we've added frankly, a few, few other strategies right. to the mix. Wholesaling and rehabbing is still the majority of our business. Okay. But we we are expanding further, you know, where's more than I think last time I was on the show, it was me and my dad that we're in the business together and that's it. Uh, since then we've hired three more people, only two of which came two months ago. So we're really making that effort to grow the company, but at the same time grow efficiently. Yeah. We have competitors that are twice our size uh, by the number of employees. And we're, we focus on building the systems and the processes and putting that stuff in place beforehand. And then we hire someone and they can immediately slot into exactly what their job is. And frankly, once we hire them, they help us improve that process even further. Nice. So, all right. So that that sounds like a whole bunch of uh, business mumbo jumbo for for the novice, right? So, 
How do you go from somebody who's working with your dad, who's kind of, you know, fl- who's flipping and rehabbing, uh, to scale up your company to to have you know a total of five of you guys who have all these other various strategies? I mean, you, you can't just jump in and do that right away, right? Experience allows you to actually do that. Am I correct? You're absolutely right. So experience, aka screwing it up, will allow you to. <laughs> To you know, seek out those opportunities and seek out those processes. But you know, to get down to the core of your pro- of of your question, how do you? I guess kind of what you're saying. How do you plan for that? How do you kind of shoot for something like that? And I always go back to goals. We're really big on goals. We always have a five year goal, a one year goal. Anyone who joins our company, they have to fill out a goal sheet as well. I want to know what their three year goals are and how best we can help them achieve those goals within the context of our company. So I think everything is going to go back to goals. You know, when we started this company, we didn't want to be just doing 10, 20, 30 deals a year. We wanted to build an empire with the, you know, core competency of helping customers and identifying opportunity in the market. So that's really what we've strived for from the beginning. I love that. I love that. That's great. Yeah, I love it. So can we can we step in on, and talk? First of all, I'll, I'll say this: the goal thing. I think I've never heard anybody say that about bringing on employees and asking what their five year goal is. I think that's fantastic. Uh, I love that. So Josh, clearly, you and I, you and I, I are going to talk about our goals. My goals yeah, later. Clearly, I didn't do that. You know. <laughs> no, you, uh, thanks, Josh, Sam. You know, you, you know uh, all my so goals. That's, <laughs> uh, that is the end of the show. <laughs> it was nice having you on board, man. We really appreciate it, and uh, good for you and your goals, buddy. <laughs> all right, so. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. I'm going to actually start doing that uh, as well. But uh, let, let me talk about the people you have working with you. Uh, mm-hmm. you. You know, you already mentioned your dad. And on the last episode we talked to you, number 33, we talked a little bit about working with family and how that all works. Right. So we won't talk a lot about that now. But uh, the other three people, exactly what do they do? I mean, in your company, like, what, what do they do? Okay, good question. So Matt, who's actually, we went to high school together. We weren't really great friends back then, but we actually connected through bigger pockets. Yeah. He reached out, seriously. Uh, he reached nice. out to me. He was like, hey, uh, you may not remember me, but we went to high school together. I see you're doing some real estate stuff. And so we wound up wholesaling some deals together. I guess that was 2012 or so, 2013. And we realized we worked pretty well together. There was a good mix between the three of us that were in the business. And so Matt joined us full time February of last year. His job is being the acquisition manager. So, well, previously, I'll say this. So back up, up until a couple months ago, uh, his, he was just buying. He was the acquisition manager. He bought the houses, you know, managed all the metrics, things like that. Now we've brought in a new buyer who's a rock star. And now his primary job is to go buy. Since Matt is buying less houses, he's taken more of a managerial role. So, and that I think is going to allow us to grow because he can, instead of just being out there buying houses all the time, you can focus on the processes and improving those to help us grow even more. And I just mentioned Dan. He's our buyer. He's been with us for a couple months. I don't know. I think this is his first full month out buying. I think he's probably bought four or five houses for us this month. I mean, he's, wow. he's doing very well. Um, and then we've got uh, Clarissa and her job. She's kind of the office manager. She keeps all of us in check, makes sure. Because lots of times we're running around all, with, all of us with our hair on fire. And she's kind of the glue <laughs> that, that, that keeps all that stuff together. Because it is like herding cats. I mean, nice. when yep. we were interviewing people for this, we were telling them, like, look, we're not going to be an easy company to work with. Some days you might be working late, but, you know, it's going to be fun every single day. We're going to try to take care of all of our employees 
and really make sure we're all getting everything out of this that we really want to. Nice. But yes, yeah, so that's that's our team right now. So how you know I, I get the 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 office manager, I get the person uh, who's managing kind of the whole flow, uh, the buyer. How does that work? I mean, do you guys just kind of set up your criteria and say get out there and buy as much as you can within these parameters, and that's it? No, um, that's not how it goes. So it's kind of a well, man. I, I feel guess like, I feel I like was completely <laughs> wrong. And uh, yeah, thanks for awesome. playing, Josh. I appreciate yeah, it. Well, well, thanks, Sam. <laughs> You're a great guy. Hey, no problem. <laughs> Glad to be here. Anyway, so you know, we as the company, uh, one of my roles in the company is to do the marketing. So the marketing generates the leads. The call goes to either Matt or Dan, and then they're trained on how to basically get as much information as we can out of the seller in hopes that we can solve their problem. So like I said before, everything goes back to customer service. How are we going to solve this person's problem? And I hope we can do it by buying their house, right? Yep. So everything goes back to that kind of that, that uh, customer service mentality. So the lead comes in, we take the lead, and then we basically ask them a few questions, talk on the phone, have a conversation with them, figure out their pain points, and from there, it really becomes just following the lead, I guess. Once we get the lead, it gets come in. It comes in, it goes into our CRM system, it gets assigned to different tasks, it assigned to different people, depending on where we are in the process. And then the appointment's set. And we go out there, we talk to them, see if we can buy the house, put it under contract if we can. And then really it's all downhill from there. Yeah. You, you mean uphill? No, no, no. It's easier. Typically downhill. <laughs> oh. Not always. We've all got horror stories, right? After we go under contract with something. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually might side with Josh on that one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel a little like <laughs> until until you know until the, the contract's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, actually to go back to that point a little bit, if we're asking the right questions and we're feeling the seller out appropriately, we try to get as much of those speed bumps out of the way ahead of time. Sure. So that we are nice and smooth through the you know, closing process and everything else. Yeah. I mean, we have issues on houses <laughs> sometimes. I'm not going to make it seem like we're perfect, but that's right. the name of the game. I mean, we are problem solvers. We're right. going after properties that sometimes have difficult title issues. That's the name of our game. We got to figure out how to do that, how to do it effectively, and keep customers and end buyers and everyone happy. Right on. Yeah. All right. So, what what are you doing different? I mean, you know, surely there's other folks in your market or the markets that you're looking at who have have their own strategies. What makes you guys stand out? Um, why do you get to close on those deals when potentially other investors are coming in, prospecting the same leads, and not closing? What do you guys do that makes you special? That's a really good question. Thank you. Um, I came up with it all by myself. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, Brandon was writing it down, and you know, I decided and, okay. to steal that one. See, yeah. I, 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 can I feed that. Josh I can everything. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just answer the question. <laughs> so to answer your question, what makes us so different? You know, I think it really is the customer-focused mentality and the, how process-focused we are. I mean, you know, everyone else is out there to make that deal. When we pick up the phone and we talk to our sellers, everyone's trained to not make the deal, figure out why the seller has called us versus calling a realtor versus, you know, typical selling methods. So I think if I had to narrow it down, I would say that it's how professional we are, how we present ourselves to sellers, 
the way we present ourselves on the internet, the way that we present ourselves to anyone who comes in contact with our business is far and above. We strive for greatness far and above who our competitors are. We have a lot of really good competitors in Houston. We have a lot of not as good competitors in Houston, but we always strive to be the best at what we need to be when we're in front of the customer. Sometimes they need a shoulder to cry on. Sometimes they just need to get this thing gone next week. Whatever it is a seller needs, we're there to solve their problem. And we want to make sure that they always know that when we're sitting down in front of them. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So, you know, being there, making sure that they understand, you know, this while your business is there to make deals, that's not your core, right? Um, so, but you, you talk about the process, right? Right. What does that mean to me? If I want to build a, a process-based business like you've got, you know, you, you talk about the customer service component. Okay, I get that. I can go out and I can give somebody a shoulder to cry on, although mine's a little bony, you know, not going to be super comfortable. <laughs> but, you know, what processes do I want to kind of put together to help systematize what I'm doing here? You know, can you dig in a little deeper on that or, or is that the secret sauce that you're unwilling to? Uh, and I'm going to well, still ask about it anyway, but, you know. You can, you can ask all you want. I'll give you guys a little, little bit of a taste here, okay? So when we were thinking about bringing someone on board to be a buyer. And what we had to do is we had to create a process for pulling comps. And I'm sure both of you are aware of what it's like to pull comps. I mean, it's a little bit of an art form, right? Sure, sure. It's not like exactly, you know, you can't just pull the comps, do your CMA, take your median price of the 10 houses you picked, and that's going to be your ARV, right? I mean, it's very dependent on the level of finishes, the part of town you are, things like that. And so what Matt did to get us prepared for that is he created about two hours worth of videos on how to pull comps. And then to go with those videos, we have, I don't know, 10, 15 pages of documents to lay out in, in supporting documents on how to pull comps. Yeah. And so when people join our team, I mean, Clarissa, she jumped in and she's pulling comps now and probably took about two weeks worth of oversight. But the reality is, is she was getting on it pretty quick. And I think that has a lot to do with you know, that process that we built around that. We have written processes for everything in our business from rehabbing houses to taking seller leads to uh, delivering documents to the title company to you know, everything, every which way in between. And so that's really, talk about processes, just a little, that's a little bit of a taste of kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, that's cool. great. I love that it. That makes a lot of sense and, and I think yeah, that's, that's exceptionally helpful. Yeah, I mean that's the working in, on your business, not in your business type of thing. Yeah, yep. I, I love that. And and the fact that you mentioned video, I think, you know, video is getting easier and easier and easier to create these days to show people how to do things, even if it's like yeah. a screen share or if it's just talking in front of your iPhone. I mean, uh, videos are so cool because they're, they stay on the web forever. I mean, you put it into a private YouTube room or whatever if you need to, and then just send, you know, people you need to know the link. And then every time from that point forward, right. it's done. I mean, if, for, for a, for a non-real estate example this morning, you know, I do webinars every week here on Bigger Pockets, right? And at every webinar, uh, replay, we try to, post them for our pro members to be able to watch. And so having to edit the re we edit the replay. So it's like smooth and perfect for our pro members. That takes time. And I do it every week and it takes like a good hour of my time every week. This morning I was like, this is stupid. I don't have like, this, this is such an easy process. So this morning I wrote up this detailed, like three page document and a video on exactly how to do it. And I will never have to do it again. Now, Dave, who edits the podcast, will do it. Boom. And now, now you get to work on the important stuff. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. Cause not the now, editing stuff. Exactly. Now that there's a process in place and, and, and I do that in my yeah in my real estate at bigger pockets and everything I do I'm like 
how can I make this a repeatable process? And you said something before the show. When I, you know, I first called you to do a sound check. You know, I just said, so what have you been up to? And you used a phrase I thought was perfect. You said, we're trying to create a franchisable business. I think is the word you used, right? right. We're not right. necessarily that you want a franchise, but you wanted to create a franchisable business. Can you talk about that a minute? Sure. I mean, that kind of goes back to, you know, if you have a franchisable model, it's something that someone can buy, follow the systems that you have laid out word for word and make a profit, right? So if we're creating a business that is, quote, franchisable, right, that we have that we're going into it with the mindset that this is easily replicatable, we, we have so many options available to us. I mean, if we ever want to exit the company or possibly sell the company, which I've never actually heard of, a house flipping business being sold. Yeah. You know, we have... Well, it could be. It could be. It absolutely could be. That's kind of what we want to create. I haven't seen that done. So if we're creating a franchisable model, we have multiple options available to us. We have something where, okay, to some extent, I can go leave for three weeks and the business can still operate because we're doing it in that franchisable model. It could be, we could be building the franchisable model and who knows, one day we'll be in 30 cities and we'll still be the owners of it and it'll be incredible. At the same time, it could be something that we could sell, you know, 5, 10, 15 years down the road because someone will be able to buy the business, buy it based on a multiple of cash flow and go in and continue doing what we were doing because of the franchisable model that we've built. So it's really one of those things where it could pay off short term and it will pay off long term. Yeah. What, so, I, what awesome. I love about franchisable models or, I mean, even anything, right? McDonald's or, you know, any of the fast food, whatever, what franchise it is, right? The idea is it's yeah. scalable because the process has been written out for you. And so exactly. when you can take that, I mean, even like the idea of if you've got this process for how it works in one part of Houston, you could fairly easily go and translate that to another. Now, there's obviously going to be some differences you got to work through. Absolutely. But, and you could take that over to, you know, I don't know what's near you, Galveston, take it over to, you know, Austin, take it over, you know, wherever you need to. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Sam Texas. shakes his head and <laughs> yeah. Brandon's lack of geographic knowledge of the Texas area. I don't area. know. I just, hey, Gal- Galveston's I'm close the voice to- in your head. That's what I thought. I drove through I Galveston. I go down there. Okay. Yeah. I drove through Galveston oh, okay. and then I drove through Houston and I forgot you lived there. Yeah. Otherwise I would have probably. Galveston's a nice area. I just wouldn't Notice that he drove through your hometown and never <laughs> and stopped to say hi, Sam. I just forgot you were there. If I, I were there, I would have visited. You forgot about me? <laughs> wow. It's been two years, man. It's been two years. I haven't gotten your Christmas card in at least like <laughs> 29 years. I don't know. Right, let's, let's, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. <laughs> system, system, systems. All right. So you're building this repeatable, scalable business that can work in Galveston. That can right. work in Austin. That can work pretty much everywhere. That's great. So what does that mean kind of looking forward, right? You've got your acquisition. You, there's five of you, right? Is your dad still part of the team? Oh, yeah. He's an integral part of the team still. Oh, okay. So there's five of you guys. How can we take this team of five and kind of translate it for somebody who's new? You know, what, what can they do to start their business and do it in a more efficient manner, kind of keeping in mind what you're talking about, which is the scalability and the systems and, and things like that. And I stole that from Brandon completely. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, so, apparently, I don't have a brain. Like today. <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> I think the best piece of advice I would have is to probably start with the end in mind. Figure out exactly what you want to build. Do you want to build a company that does 100 houses a year? A lot of people, that's gonna, they're going to want to pull their hair out. They want nothing to do with that. 
and they can build just as profitable business doing 20 houses a year. So I think really if you start with the end in mind, it kind of goes back to setting your goals. What's your five-year goals? In five years, do you want to just have 10 rental properties and do two flips a a year? You can make a good living doing that. If that's your goal, you may not necessarily have to focus as much on the systems and processes as we do with what our expansion plans are. So I think as much as I hate to skirt the question like this, I think it's going to go back to setting what your five-year goals are or setting what your goals are and your milestones to hit and figuring out what are the systems and processes that you need to hit those goals. Do you want to have a business that does 50 houses a year with you not even in the same country? You're going to have different systems and processes than, than, than our company will. Yeah, sure. Because while I'm taking a three-week trip here, I cannot do this without the team that we have in place in Houston. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is more of a sanity trip than, hey, I want to get the heck out, you know, leave my business trip, right? Sure. Uh, I love my business. When I'm done with this podcast here, I'm going to be jumping on the computer and taking care of business like I need to. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's, I think it's going to go back to setting your goals and what it is that you want to accomplish. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So, so what's next? I mean, you know, and, and we're going to rewind for those people who are listening. We're going to talk a little bit more about the deals that you guys do, but you know, I think we thought it was important to kind of dig in a little bit on the business itself. Uh, Absolutely. Who are the next hires? Who, who are you looking at potentially bringing on next? Who do you need to scale it even better? Right. Well, um, I think we're going to wind up probably hiring, you know, this could go a few different ways. It might be if we continue buying at the rate that we are currently, we might need a new buyer. At the same time, if we keep buying at the rate that we're buying, we're going to need a project manager. Right now, uh, Robert, my dad, his primary job is managing our projects and our business. And, you know, he has a lot of business experience. He has a lot of know-how that needs to be put to work. And if he's out managing contractors, it's gonna, it makes it that much more difficult, right? So that's where us putting the systems and process in place and how to manage rehabs and do it the way that Robert does it is going to pay off tenfold when we finally hire that project manager. Yeah. Because they're going to be able to jump right into the business, hit the ground running, and then you know, Robert's time is going to be freed up to work on other stuff. Awesome. So yeah, I think maybe a, a buyer or a project manager. Right on. Cool. That's great. And cool. do you want to scale? I mean, you guys did what, like, you, like 100 deals in the past year or so. Do you want to do 150? You want to do 500? I mean, what, are you happy at that pace? What, what's, what's kind of your thought on that? Well, so I think to, to clarify, we've done uh, 115 deals in the last three years. Three years. Okay, sorry. Right. We've done 45 or 50 or so so far this year. We're going to finish the year at, uh, at 90. We're well on track to do 90 houses this year. So I think next year I'd like to see the same kind of exponential growth that we've been experiencing. You know, This year, I think our, our business has frankly tripled. Uh, our revenue has tripled every single year that we've been in business. I'd like to continue that, but I know that's not going to always be possible. Sure. I think for our expansion, you know, being in the real estate business, I want to make sure that we're making decisions, we're making expansion plans and growth plans based on how, what we're seeing in our market. You know, are we going to have to go to another market to be able to continue to expand the way that we have? Is that something that's going to be right for us? It's going to be right for our employees? It's going to be right for our investors? You know, I don't know. Very, very cool. Uh, well, before we get on, I wanted to make one more point about the whole franchisable, the systems, the processes, before we get on to the specifics. And that is, you know, we talked about you know, a lot of the benefits to having that system, being able to sell it possibly or, what you know, be able to franchise bigger. Uh, another idea, though, 
and something that you're experiencing right now is that ability to replace you know part of your business this comes from the e myth you know michael gerber's book the e myth but if it, if your business is a machine right that has all these cogs that are working you can replace pieces of them including yourself and so you can right. at some point you could pull out yourself from that cog and put another person at its place and the business wouldn't necessarily go down uh, you know in flames and and so like the fact that you're on a three week trip you're right. i mean even though you're still working you're not there in person but you're able to kind of travel and that might be the greatest benefit i think to that whole that whole model of having systems and, and things in place. Uh, and, you know, that that's kind of what enables me nowadays. You know, I worked super hard the first, what, seven years to build up a, a, a you know, a system for my business so that I could step back. And that's why I spend so much time at BP now. And that's why I work here uh, because I, I love this. I like the real estate. I like doing it. I still do it, but I love bigger pockets. And so like uh, I, because I have that business, I can do what I love to do and still have the real estate working and generating passive income uh, for the rest of my life. So I uh, just, one more Are you benefit. Just saying that because Josh is on the phone? Yeah, Josh, pause it for a minute and Josh, and then I'll yeah. tell you the real truth, Sam. Yeah. Let's- yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. No, There's no love for me today. Amen. <laughs> no, like, I, yeah, I'm not saying I love Josh, but you know, bigger pockets, though, man. I mean, like, I learned real estate through bigger pockets. I mean, I started when yeah. what I found it when I was 21 years old, and like, yeah, I mean, what, eight, nine years ago. How old now, are you now? How 30. Yeah. So I've been on since you started, pretty much. I mean, wow. like, I think there was like 10,000 people on the site when I joined or something. Wow. Yeah. Whatever. Whether you need to buy or sell, or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes to help you see new homes first. And they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like, so you can find a home that's just right for you, whether that's a cabin, a craftsman, or a castle. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours even on the same day with a local Redfin agent who can help guide you through the whole home buying process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents have the experience to help you get the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards what matters most to you, like your next home. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today. Listeners, I'm telling you right now, it's not every day you find a game changer like Rent Ready. They're not stopping with just tenant screening. They've rolled out proof of income verification. Let Rent Ready handle the heavy lifting with automatic checks on financial stability and earnings. Plus, with Plaid certified reports, you'll have all the info you need right at your fingertips. Rent Ready is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. And if you're not a pro, they're offering the six month plan for just $1. How great of a deal is that? That's one eighth of a Chipotle. That's pretty good. Visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like Bigger Pockets, Investor, to get six months of Rent Ready for $1. You might think you want real estate, but that's not true. What you really want is passive income. With new investors struggling to find deals or get enough money to buy them and veteran landlords tired of the constant tenant phone calls, is there a better alternative? Actually, there is. Short notes from Connect Invest. Connect Invest is an online investing platform that allows you to easily participate in passive real estate investing, and all you need is $500 to start. Short Notes collectively funds a diversified portfolio of commercial and residential real estate projects across acquisition, construction, and development phases. You'll earn a fixed monthly income without the hassle of owning or managing real estate. Head to connectinvest.com/bp to create your account. 
Fund your digital wallet with at least $500. Select from 6, 12, and 24-month short notes with annualized return rates up to 9%. Then sit back and let your monthly returns roll in. Join today by visiting connectinvest.com VP. Connectinvest.com VP. We're always looking for ways to improve, searching for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for better is by matching with quality candidates. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Just go to Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. So anyway, that's just cool thing. So let's move on and shift gears from the systems. Like I said, that shift gears from the systems. Mm, Uh Pretty good, right? Thanks. And uh, (laughs) we're going to shift gears and talk about the specifics of what you're doing right now that's making you so successful. So why don't we start with deals? Where are you finding them? How are you getting them? You mentioned marketing. What does that mean? Okay. So our marketing engine is coming in from all different directions. Uh, One of the things that we experienced when we were starting this business is volatility in our monthly deal flow. And I think it's something that anyone, especially if you're just starting out, you're going to experience that volatility. You know, you're going to be, okay, I'm ready. I'm spending my $500,000, $200 a month, whatever it is on marketing. And you're two months in, you're like, what the heck is going on? Why isn't this working, right? Yeah. So that volatility we experienced, you know, for a long time. And we realized it had a lot to do with the fact that we were only marketing through one channel. So, we decided a long time ago that we were going to slowly start to diversify our marketing. And what that looked like is we would do absentee mailers with postcards, yellow letters. We would do probate mailers with different types of uh, sending, uh, different types of uh, media. We would also spend, um, uh, what's it called? Um, High equity mailers. And at the same time, so we slowly started to build up that our direct mail, and we diversify within our direct mail. Next step was going to be diversifying in our website presence. So SEO, AdWords, that type of stuff. So we're still doing absentee mailers. We're still doing our, our website, which is doing great for us currently. We also are actually buying houses on the MLS, surprisingly enough. And we're also, we started doing what we called our community marketing program, where we don't do bandit signs anymore, but what we will do is we will approach homeowners, business owners, things like that, and ask them to put up a sign in their yard. And this is typically a more professional sign with a vanity number. And we're trying to get people, we're trying to work bandit signs a little bit more legitimately, I guess is the best way to put it. And not something where we're having to put out signs every week, manage a sign putter router, go out, you know, buy signs every week, just things like that. We're trying to 
going back to the franchisable model, we're trying to do bandit signs in a more franchisable way. So you're trying to, I mean, you're yeah. trying to do it in a credible and legal way is what you're trying to right. say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, mean, I know you've got I'm, a I'm vendetta against bandit signs. I don't have a vendetta against anything. <laughs> I just think people should run a business legitimately. And I think bandit signs, you know, that violates city codes and are, you know, shouldn't be used. So I like what you're saying, and I, I want to hear more about it. So this community marketing program, how does that work? I love that, by the way. I really, 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 so, really love that. So do you just go up to businesses and offer money, or how do you kind of make that happen? It's the same with anything else. You know, we, we offer to lease sign space from them. And if they're on a street that we like in an area we want to target, we say we'll pay you X number of dollars per month to put up this sign at this location. And they don't have to pay for the sign. They don't have to pay for anything else. And... It's yeah, it's very straightforward. As far as whether or not it works, honest to God, I don't know. <laughs> we just <laughs> Fair one, enough. Of, one of the yeah one of the joys of of you know growing a business is trying stuff and seeing yep. if it works. I mean, it yep. it might all go to hell. I have no idea, but yeah. we're definitely going to try it. Uh, we actually we have purchased one sign from it so far. Um, so one sign. Well, uh, we've purchased one house from it so okay. far. Uh, so it works. So it works. There you it's go. Working. Just got your answer. There, there you have it. You just <laughs> learned live on the Bigger Pockets podcast that you there are, you in fact, successful. Congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I like the idea a lot. I, I read a book recently called uh, 80-20 Sales and Marketing. I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast. But yeah. in there, he talks about like that you know, 80% of the cars in, in the world drive on 20% of the roads out there. And then of those 20%, 80% of uh, those cars drive on 20% of those roads. So it works out to like, 50 or 60% of every car drives on like 4% of all roads. So what he, what he translated that to is in terms of marketing is that you could go put out 10,000 signs randomly or you could put out one sign on a strategic spot and get just as many people as all those right. other signs. And that's why the big companies, you don't see Coca-Cola putting out bandit signs, right? Like <laughs> they understand that, that yeah. you know, there's a scalable model there like you're talking about. And when you can hit people where it matters uh, in the locations you matter, that a lot of people will see it. Yeah, I yeah. think it's great. So good job. Really? Yeah. yeah. Hey, can, I, can I jump in really quick? Because I know you're going to go somewhere else and I want to take it back to, to one uh, more thing that, that uh, Sam had said. Um, by the way, this is the Bigger Pockets podcast and we are on show 137. You can check out the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 137. Connect with Sam and uh, ask him questions find resources and things that we've talked about in there. But uh, all right, Sam, so you, you talked about high equity mailers. I don't think we've talked about that in 136 shows. So I'd like you to talk about that. I mean, it pretty much is what it sounds like. But for those people who don't know, what, what does that mean? Uh, so high equity means that the person has a lot of equity in the house. The debt to the house versus the value of the house is very low. Um, but the reality is I don't do that anymore. I don't, we don't do high equity mailers anymore. Oh, okay. Okay. They just, they're, they're, too much of a low-hanging fruit to people in our area. There's too much competition, and we were no longer getting the ROI out of it that we demand of our marketing. Okay, oh, fair enough. So uh, let me just ask for maybe for people who don't have a lot of competition with that, and they maybe want to do that. What? How sure. do they even get that list, and what does that come from? How do they you just know? go to? Yeah, it's really easy. You can either get it through your uh, local appraisal district or through list providers, yellow letters, list source, things like that. And you basically just want to pull a list. Typically, if they're over 60 or so, 
you'll find some better motivation. So you want to put an age limitation on it, maybe an age of the house, maybe how long they've owned it. But definitely you want to have make sure that they have a lot of equity in there. And that's where going to someone like a list source or yellowletters.com will allow you to choose the right list, try to find the best motivated people. Very cool. Very cool. Interesting. Awesome. All right. Uh, so, okay, you get all this stuff goes out. The, the, the mailers go out. The signs are out. Everything goes out. And you get, start getting phone calls. You already said your two guys will get those phone calls. They take right. them. And now yep. they go and they probably set up an appointment with the person, correct? Right. All right. So they go set up the appointment. They talk to them. They kind of find out where they fit, uh, you know, what they could possibly do. Then what happens next? I mean, you sign the contract with them. I, let, let's just say, for example, you guys decided you're going to flip the house. You're going to rehab the house. Like, right. how do you finance that deal? I mean, how are you financing those kind of deals, the ones that you're actually buying, not the wholesaling ones, but the ones you're buying to flip or, uh, you know, do whatever else with? Okay. So we finance through private lenders and banks. Okay. And what does so that mean? What is a private lender? Okay. Yeah. Private lender is an individual who has some money they want to put to work in real estate, but don't necessarily want to get their hands dirty flipping the house. So they'll come to someone like us who's built the systems and processes and everything to keep their money as safe as possible and could put as much of it to work as quickly as possible. And we borrow the money at a set interest rate and a set loan to value and get them in relatively safe compared to the market. You know, we don't go over 70 to 75% of the ARV. We put them on the insurance as a loss payee on the property. And then of course, you know, walk them through the process every step of the way. Um, Our lenders that have been with us for a while, you know, they're worth gold to us. Um, Just as a, for instance, a lender that's been with us for a while. I was out of town a few weeks ago we got a lead on a property that came back to us. We had to close it in three days. So I had to raise $300,000 in three days. Whoa. I was out of town. Our lender was out of town. There was so much trust in the relationship and the millions of dollars that I've borrowed from these people that we were able to get the job done, get it done right, make sure everyone was safe. And that's really what it comes down to processes. I mean, we're agreeing to buy a house. I'm out of town. You know, I haven't seen the house in two weeks. But we just, everyone has to fall back on the processes and the systems that they know and just follow it to a T. I love that. Right? Yeah. Makes sense. So, but going back to your question, that was a little aside. We borrow money from private lenders and we borrow money from banks. Currently, we have, I think, two, two and a half million dollars in bank financing. And we got very fortunate. We got our first bank line of credit of half a million. We were only 18 months old. Um, And really, that comes down to, having a good balance sheet. So a lot of people that get into this business, you know, they don't like to show a profit for all the right reasons. They don't like to show a profit on their balance sheet. Um, we recognized pretty early that we were going to have to pay a lot of, ta- a lot of money in taxes if we're going to be able to go after the cheap bank financing. Yep. So, I mean, our bank financing is anywhere between five and 6%. That's okay. pretty tough to beat. Yeah. Yeah. It's really tough to beat. You know, so in order, in order to do that, that's where building that sustainable business comes from. Having a good balance sheet, having good processes. Even with bankers, man, you go to the good local regional banks. You can't go to the big banks. Chase Bank, Wells Fargo Bank, they're not going to want to talk to you if you're wanting to borrow a million bucks from them. That's, you know, nothing to them. But you go to your little bank, you start building that relationship, you show them the processes that you have, you show them your past projects, you show them the before and after pictures, give them the whole dog and pony show, and they'll want to listen to you. They'll want to bring you into the office, they'll want to be able to lend money to you. And as you build that relationship more and more, they're going to want to give you more and more money. So I'd encourage anyone who's getting out and starting their business, they got a few deals under their belt, go out and start talking to banks, see what they can get. I love that. 
You know, to add on to that point, you know, you mentioned about you're going to have to pay taxes. I, I know a lot of investors there. I mean, there's a lot of things that we can write off and you can be, right. you know, very aggressive in your tax planning strategies. Right. But like that oftentimes will shoot people in the foot by being right. too aggressive. I mean, there was a point. I, uh, yeah. Two years ago, I decided I need to get a refinance on my apartment complex. I'm going to have a problem if I'm really aggressive. And so like I, I scaled back and I was not aggressive at all. Like the IRS loves me because I'm paying all these taxes. <laughs> but this year when I went to get my refinance, like I had really good numbers to show them that were, you know, that right. they, they liked. And so I just, yeah, there's definitely ways that you can, yeah, be more conservative or more aggressive with your, with your tax planning. So that's just a tip for people. I mean, even just starting out, I mean, you could translate that to somebody who's brand new. People ask all the time, like, I've got bad credit. Can I get started investing in real estate? You know, yes, you can invest in real estate without, without good credit, but look down the road two years, three years from right. now, eventually you're going to want that cheap bank financing. So, you know, start getting that in shape right now, whether or not, you know, it doesn't mean you have to sit out on the sidelines, but at least start working that way, kind of looking towards and, the future. And talk to talk to a CPA. I mean, that's yeah. that's yep. going to yeah. be your best bet. Is you know what, what's what's the approach? I'm not going to tell it to you. Brandon's not going to tell it to you, and Sam's not going to. You know, we don't we don't know, and what works for one of us is not necessarily going to be what works for you. So, uh, having that core uh, team member of a CPA is going to be huge. Yeah, yeah, love it. Awesome, well, cool. Um, I think it's time probably to shift gears once again Ooh, and uh, transition over to the world famous I, I want before we do that I want to I want to I want to I want to I wanna, I wanna <laughs> rewind really really okay, really okay. quickly I, and, and, <laughs> I was know. giving Josh that look the whole time like do you have any other questions I do I'm I do for you yeah, to jump in yeah, and yeah, well, me know, hanging while well, I, I thought you were going to jump with it so you know I'm just going <laughs> to I'm going to I'm going to take it from here Brandon right, thanks, take it from here. thanks for the help thanks host Sam yes in the past I'm couple of years since you've last been on the show, tell us, tell us, you know, the coolest deal that you've done. What, what's been the, your absolute favorite deal that you've done? That's a good question, Josh. I know. We guy. should probably ask everybody wow. that question. Uh, probably you really should. put me on the spot with this one. I'm, I'm no, going to have to Suck it up, man. Come yeah. on. <laughs> I know it's hard when you have a Rolodex of millions and millions of deals, but, you know, come on. Surely there's one that... So what do you... So you want to hear like our... I don't care. Highest profit deal? Do you want to sure. hear one where, like we solved someone's problem? Absolutely. All the oh, above. Geez. Okay. Oh, man. See, I wish you guys give me these questions ahead of time and I'd be able to prepare something. <laughs> I know you're having a hard time. You're on vacation coming up with, with you know, f- yeah, fabulous deals. So what about awful? Like, you know, what was the worst experience you've had in the past couple of years as an investor? Okay. Surely okay. you remember and this that. is a good one. Yeah, this is a good one because... It's, it was all my fault, and it was because I didn't follow our process. So we had a deal where we had the trifecta go wrong, okay? We bought this house, and I walked the house. I negotiated the purchase of the house. Everything was great. I recall it a particularly good day because I think I bought three houses in a car that day. Wow. But this particular house was in fairly good shape. People, they smoked in the house. It wasn't that big of a deal. But we closed on the house, and then we find that we have like a huge amount of foundation issue that I apparently glossed right over and missed <laughs> because I wasn't following the process. Yep. Then, so we fix the foundation. Then we get our roofer to go out there and just check the roof, which is standard procedure for us because we want to make sure that if it passes a roofer's inspection that we trust, it'll pass the seller's inspection. It failed. So we had to do a foundation. We had to do the roof. So we did the foundation. We did the roof. And then when they leveled the house part of the fireplace started to fall away from the wall. Uh-oh. So I was like, okay, not a big deal. Really, that's 500 bucks, 700 bucks, whatever it was, to pull the brick down and re-brick it back up. 
but we pull the brick down and the whole walls just shoot up with termites. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. <nice. laughs> oh man. I thought we were going to find a dead body in there. No, <laughs> no. So the whole walls shoot up with termites. So we have to do treat the house for termites and replace all the bad wood. So at this point, the deal's not looking that great. I mean, it was a, probably a $35,000 profit deal for us, which is slightly below our average. And so, yeah, we do the termite treatment. We do the roof treatment and foundation. At the end of the day, though, because we, I followed the rest of the process and bought it at a low enough price, instead of losing money on that deal, we made $8,000. Okay. Yeah. Now, if you look at making $8,000 over the course of three or four months, however long it took for us to do that deal, uh, we lost money if you include our time. But at the end of the day, our private lender was made whole. Our private lender was never in a bad spot. We didn't lose money on the deal. But because I didn't follow the process that we all agreed on and wrote for walking a property, you know, I, we wound up losing $20,000, $25,000 of potential income from it. So, yeah, wow. there's a horror story for there's you. That's a good story. Right. Really nice right. family. I was really happy to help the family, but yeah. yeah. There you go. All right. All right. Fair enough. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, thanks for sharing. And, and if, if the other thing comes to mind, you know, obviously feel free to uh, you know, come on back. <laughs> but, but I think this is a good time to transition, Brandon. I think perhaps, this is a good to time. The to the world try. famous. World famous. Fire round. Fire round. It's time for the fire round. All right. Fire around these questions from the Bigger Pockets forums, which our listeners can get to at biggerpockets.com slash forums. So if you have a question that you want somebody to answer here on the Bigger Pockets podcast, make sure you leave your uh, question there in the forums. So, Sam, number one, what type of property is best to fix and flip, multi units or single family? I would say that goes back to your goals, honestly. Okay. Because I think it really depends on where you are in the market, where you are personally. I mean, you can make really good money flipping multifamily, but you can also make really good money flipping single family. Yeah. I, I would go back to, it depends on what you want to do and what you want to accomplish. But at the same time, go back to whatever, what numbers work. If you're trying to evaluate doing one versus the other, go back to the numbers and see what the numbers tell you. What are the comparables tell you? What's the cap rate telling you on the multifamily? Sure. Uh, how much work do they both need? So yeah, I think that's, you're going to need some pretty in-depth analysis on that one. Okay. Well, I like that. Fair good. enough. All right. Uh, what's worse for a tenant applicant, having an eviction or a felony? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, neither one's renting from me. Okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> By the way, do you have a rental property as well now? We do. Yeah, we've okay. got rental properties. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So you're not running out to convicts or, or, nope. or yeah. Nope. folks nope, who nope. skip. All right. Nope. All right. Fair enough. Easy uh, breezy. <laughs> uh, next one. How do you find cash buyers? If I'm a wholesaler, how do I get cash buyers in a small town? I know you're not in a small town. town. Houston's, you know, a, no, Houston's a medium-sized town, yeah. village, really. But. A little bit. Six, seven million people. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. But in a small so town, how do, how do you find, find cash buyers? So I think a good place to start would be your multiple listing service and see who has completed cash purchases in your area. And I imagine if you go back over the course of a year, you might see a few people repeated. So yeah, get on your local MLS. It'd be a good place to start. Okay. Also, network at the local diner, church, anyone. Cool. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah, great. I think that's, and now, well, how does somebody that get on the That's good advice, by the way. Yeah. How does somebody get the MLS if they're not an agent? Talk to someone who is. There you go. Beg, beg, borrow, do whatever you need to. Yeah, access to the MLS, I think, is critical well. in this business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. All right. Is it smart to invest in a red hot market? Last question. Well, I would say yes, but you have to be smart because I'd say we're in a red hot market in Houston right now. It is more and more difficult. It's becoming more and more difficult for us to buy houses because it's easier for someone to sell it on the open market. And at the same time, you know, everyone and their brother thinks they want to be a real estate investor and they're kind of flooding with mark. The area is flooded with marketing. So I would say, yes, it is okay to invest in a red-hot real estate market, but you're going to want to make decisions based on the fact that you don't want to be in the house for very long. So if the market's really hot or if it's looking kind of frothy or at the same time, you know, you want to look at other market indicators. Like in Houston, our housing demand is still high. We still have a lot of people moving in, even though oil has taken a bit of a, uh, you know, Hiccup, I guess you, if you could call it that oh, lightly. Oh, just a little one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's that, 50% from its high? Yeah. Right. You know, we're still net adding jobs in all of Texas. We're still net adding jobs in Houston. We're seeing in Houston, like, it's taken its toll on prices on houses worth less than 150 and worth more than 500 So if you're in a red-hot market, you know, look at those economic indicators and say, okay, maybe I should stick between 150 and 500 or less than 500 I should say. So, Yeah. I like it. Right on. Excellent. All right. Let's uh, transition over to the last section of the show, which we call the Famous Four. These are the questions we ask everyone, and we have asked you these uh, two years ago. And actually, I looked here on the uh, the calendar for when this show is coming out. We're recording this a little bit early. Uh, this show is going to come out on the two-year anniversary of your last show coming out. Ooh, no kids. Yeah, we did not plan that at all, but it's exactly two years later. Nice. Weird. All right. So uh, two years ago, maybe things have changed. So number one, what is your favorite real estate related book? Real estate related book? I don't remember what I said last time. Probably Gary Keller's book. Okay. The Millionaire Real Estate Investor. The Millionaire Real Estate Investor. Yeah. Yeah. As far as real estate goes. Honestly, I don't think I've read a real estate book since the last show. Okay. There you go. Okay. There you go. Just tune into the podcast. What do you need books for, right? That's right. Tune into the podcast. Get on the course, Bigger Pockets Forums. There you yeah, go. Look yeah. at that. By the way, don't Shameless forget plug. Jay Papazon as, as co-author of, of said book. Yeah, that's okay. true. Yeah. Yes. Gotta he was also sh- a guest on the podcast. So, you know, we, yeah. we got to plug Jay there. Yeah, we do. Yeah. All right. So you didn't, you haven't read any real estate books. Um, right. Uh, yeah. Well, you probably, I'm not going to ask that next question. Well, you can just end the interview question. now. I mean, uh, no, ask the next question because okay. I'm reading business books up and down. All right. Mm. Fine. If you if you make me fine, all right. Are you gonna ask the question, or you want me to just <laughs> <laughs> business book? What is your favorite business book? What are you reading these days? Um, I'm actually three quarters of the way through a book right now, which I've fallen in love with. It's called uh, "Good to Great" by Jim Collins. Yep, classic. It's really yeah. It's been an eye opening book. I'm getting a lot of good information from that. Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying reading it. And honest to God, I do not typically enjoy reading. My wife will read like a book a day. I'll read, if I'm lucky, a book every quarter. So yeah, that Jim Collins book, good to great. Can't say enough good stuff about it. Perfect. Cool. Perfect. Cool. All right. Uh, Hobbies, what, what are you doing for fun these days? Besides, you know, trekking around the country globally, whatever you do, you know, getting in the range. Yeah, that's, that's, seems like most of camping. it is. Yeah. So overlanding whenever we can, camping. And at the same time, also I love cars. I have a huge addiction to cars. Uh, a previous life, I was a race car mechanic. So nice. yeah, I think it, to give you an idea of, of how bad it is, my wife and I live in a thousand square foot bungalow in Houston, and we have six cars. Wow. Oh man. Okay, so yeah. I'm I'm on Google, 
and I just search for overlanding. I've heard the term, but I never okay. knew. And I'm flipping around and I'm looking at these trucks with like tents on the roof. This is outstanding. This is outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes. I see one. The guy's got a solar array parked on the ground in front of his truck. Yeah. He's wow. Is that what you guys do? That's what we do. That is yeah. outstanding. Self-sustained vehicle travel. Dude, you got yeah, my ditch wife, the Prius, man. Yeah, this might be yeah. better than a Prius. I don't know. My, uh, my <laughs> wife actually writes for a couple of adventure magazines as well. Interesting. I take pictures. She does the writing. Yeah. Well, send us a picture, and again, we'll put it up on the show notes page yeah. at biggerpockets.com cool. slash show 137. For sure. Yeah, really cool stuff. Really cool stuff. All right, Brandon. All right. Uh, let's see. My final question. What do you believe sets apart successful real estate investors from those who give up, fail, or never get started? Boy, that's a really good question again. Perseverance, okay. I feel like, is a big one. Because the business, no matter what business you're in, it's going to constantly kick you down. Something's not going to go your way. The marketing's not going to go your way. You're going to lose a deal. You're going to lose money. You're going to you know, hurt a relationship or something like that. And I'd say it's the perseverance to stand back up and go do it all over again the next day. Every single day can kick your butt in this business. It's a fun business. It's a really rewarding business but it's also a very hard business to do the kind of volume that we want to do and build the kind of business that we have. Yeah. So I would say that every single day the business just kicks you down, chews you up, spits you out, the perseverance to wake up the next day and jump right back into the fire. Right on. That's great, man. Great. All right, Sam, well, listen, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Where can people find out more about you? Sure. Okay. So our website is senahousebuyers.com, and that's S-E-N as in Nancy, N as in Nancy, A, housefires.com. Um, that's the best way to get a hold of me. If you want to follow around with our travel stuff on Instagram, I'm at the real Sam Craven. And that is a joke, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that egotistical. Uh, and yeah, yeah. So if anyone wants to reach out to me, the best way is to go to the website and fill out a form on our website. And that goes direct to my email. Be happy awesome. to talk to anyone about anything. Nice. By the way, I'm on your website right now, Santa Homes, and I'm looking at you and your dad. Your dad looks like a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's he's, a nice guy. Yeah. Don't don't judge him. I like his mustache. No, I'm not. Were you expecting like a devil? No, (laughs) I'm just saying he looks like like your typical, like really like nice, like TV dad. I don't know. I like nice looking guy. (laughs) Can can he be my dad? (laughs) (laughs) He kind of actually looks like my dad. They have like the same mustache. Anyway. All right. Uh, So, yeah, let's get out of here. <laughs> Sam, right. thanks, thanks for coming out, man. Patrick. It's been fun. Yeah, I really appreciate it. This is always good. Uh, Brandon, next time you're driving through Houston, don't forget about me, man. I, I won't forget about Ooh, you next time. So I'll be looking for your Christmas card this year, too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Touche. Right. We'll see Sam, you around. get out of here. Goodbye. Take it easy. Right. It's been fun. See you guys. Bye. Enjoy your trip. Bye. All right, guys, that was Sam Craven. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the show. Lots of fun. Lots of great information. Really, really good information. Cool show. Cool it was show. a cool was show. A fun yeah. guy. I do like Sam a lot. Yeah, I remember that from last time. He's he's just a he's a riot. So that's yeah. good to have him. Yeah, it was great. So uh, definitely, you know, uh, check out the show notes, guys, if you want to sync up with Sam. And uh, you can do that at biggerpockets.com slash show one three seven. That's biggerpockets.com slash show one three seven. Uh, you can find Sam on Bigger Pockets at biggerpockets.com slash users slash Sam C. And uh, otherwise, if you are listening to this on iTunes and you're only seeing the last 20 shows on iTunes, you can go to biggerpockets.com slash podcast and find all of our old shows as well. Uh, You can also listen on Stitcher or Libsyn. 
our, our SoundCloud. Uh, there's all sorts of different ways to check out the show. So definitely do that. And please, guys, subscribe to the show on iTunes, subscribe on the various other mediums, and do leave us some feedback and uh, some star ratings. Those definitely help us get the word out about the show. So we really appreciate it. Otherwise, that's it. Lots going on in Bigger Pockets. We're trying to make lots of cool new features and additions to improve your lives. And if you've got suggestions ever, please don't hesitate to reach out to us by email at biggerpockets.com slash contact and let us know what you think. Let us know if there's anything that you'd like us to uh, add on to, to make the site better for you. And uh, otherwise, that's all I got. Follow us on Facebook. Jump in on our forums, biggerpockets.com slash forums. And uh, I don't know. That's it, man. Cool. Well, that's yeah. good. That's good. Let's get out of here. Let's do it. Do you want me to sign off? I can do yep. it. Do all it. right. Uh, follow us on all the social media channels and let's get out of here. For Bigger Pockets, this is Brandon and Josh signing off. Signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. Which we call the famous famous four. The sound effects go there. <laughs> I hope they do. Yeah. Otherwise, what if Dave didn't put them in every week? That'd be really funny. <laughs> he just purposely left them in just to mock us and we never knew. <laughs> all right. <laughs> what do you mean you don't listen all the way through, Brent? What are you talking about? What? I, of course I do. Uh, the there's a reason small multifamily investing is so popular in the Bigger Pockets community. With just a 3.5% down payment, you can own up to four different units. Think about it. If you house hack and live in one of the units, you still have three different groups of tenants helping you pay down your mortgage every month, four kitchens and bathrooms you could renovate to increase your property value, four different Airbnbs, medium-term rentals, or other rental strategies that you can try in one property, all in just one transaction. Of course, the question is, where do you find a small multifamily property that you can actually afford? Which market and which deals are best for you? Once you close, how do you manage it, optimize it, keep scaling, and living your life without being tied down to four leaky toilets or four fussy tenants? All great questions, my friends. All to be answered in the upcoming small multifamily bootcamp with Chris Lopez and Leica Devatha. So if you're serious about growing your portfolio with this highly efficient strategy, head to biggerpockets.com slash four, F-O-U-R, today and join us in the small multifamily bootcamp. See you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.